all profit is value extraction. And that means that all profit is theft from you. Corporate America is on welfare, and, and they you got to get them off welfare. Hello, and welcome to Cars and Comrades, where we talk about car stuff from a leftist perspective. Uh, today's episode will be a continuation of me rambling on about how Rahm Emanuel is an asswipe and uh, how he ruined the Chicago car scene. So buckle up and join us along the road to revolution. And don't forget to connect with us on social media, because uh, we do dabble in some of those. You can find us on Instagram at Cars and Comrades Podcast, uh, all with underscores for spaces. Uh, and our Twitter account is at Cars and Comrades. You can also email us at Cars and Comrades at gmail.com. Uh, we're happy to hear from listeners, so email us suggestions, complaints, potential topics, and perhaps your own questions that we might address on the air. We don't really know what we're doing yet because we just started this. So who knows what will happen to your email, but uh, you can shoot us a message and find out. Anyway, let's get into our discussion about how Rahm Emanuel sucks. So that brings us to um, kind of how uh, the car scene was affected by um, Mayor Rahm Emanuel's tenure. So while he didn't publicly go for a whole lot of credit for this, um, he oversaw a huge crackdown on what was basically a bunch of young folks who like cars having fun. So uh, for decades, Chicago's always had a car scene. Um, there's always been street racing, which, you know, s- sometimes more problematic than other times. Usually things are kept pretty safe. Um, they're on basically abandoned roads um, and things happen pretty out of the way in industrial areas where there's no one driving around. Um, which is kind of a departure from other cities that I've seen. Like uh, there's like, you know, sideshows in uh, California where, you know, you'll have a thousand people go around a um, <clears throat> gather around an intersection and people will do really sloppy donuts. And that shit looks real dangerous. You know, people get hit and it's stupid and it's really disrupt- disruptive to traffic in Chicago. It really wasn't ever like that. Um, so, Things happened, you know, people did donuts and stuff, um, but it was in parking lots. It was in um, very industrial areas. Um, And there was always, you know, in my experience, there was always kind of an emphasis on if you don't know what you're doing, don't do it here. If you do know what you're doing, do it carefully. Um, And so the first few years I started going to the city on the weekends um, to cruise around doing all this stuff that's kind of how it was so that was right at the beginning of Rahm Emanuel's term um and there was like kind of the glory days um so like for years past everyone gathered on the weekends really no problems every once in a while we'd hear about a you know a crash or something um but usually it, it wasn't even people who were necessarily down there doing what we did um a lot of it was just 
meeting up in parking lots. You'd see have a few hundred cars um, just hanging out at a parking lot, taking pictures, whatever. So everything was pretty chill. Um, for the most part, the police would show up. They'd flip on their lights and people would leave. Um, and, you know, there weren't really they weren't writing tickets and arresting people. Um, so things were pretty peaceful. Um, you know, police would come. Everyone would leave, go to the next spot. Um, and that's kind of how it went. And things were relatively low key. Um, there was, a, you know, there was some drifting and stuff, but again, happened um, pretty in pretty, you know, nondescript places where really no other traffic was in, in um, was in danger or anything like that. So there was this time where it was kind of like almost a utopia <laughs> in a weird kind of way, like. It was just people meeting up with cars. Everybody was chill. The police kind of turned a blind eye to it and just let it kind of go. And there really weren't too many problems. Then things started to uh, shift and like everybody kind of started to feel it. Uh, The police started to, you know, really crack down. Um, So there was a lot of tickets being written, equipment violations. um, And the police were using like kettling type um, tactics at these like car meets. So like people would be in a parking lot or they're in a place where there's only like a couple, you know, ways to get in and out. Uh, and the cops would show up and block every one of them. Um, and that was starting to happen more frequently. Um, there were cases where the police wrote, you know, like, you know, over a hundred tickets at a time, um, when they do this. So, people started to kind of like not want to show up um, and they kind of wanted to avoid a lot of the trouble. And I got caught up in one of these cases where it was like, you know, the police show up and it was like a traffic jam and it took like a half an hour for people to leave. Um, It was a shit show. It made it actually a lot more dangerous than just letting it go. Um, But I got caught up at a point when I was down somewhere taking pictures, um, there was only about 10 or 15 cars and the police blocked all the exits and they started walking around looking at everybody's car, taking down license plate numbers. Um, and then there was one cop and she was real pissed and she was screaming and yelling. Um, I was trying to be cordial with another. Um, so I was like, Hey, what the hell's going on? Why is, why is this a problem all of a sudden? Cause this wasn't an issue like, uh, you know, not that long ago. Um, so this is hearsay, but of course that cop started to mention that, uh, this is coming from the top that the mayor has had enough of the car scene. He's just, he's over it. He's done with this. He's making sure that he's going to crack down with like an iron fist and people are going to start going to jail, getting tickets, um, all for really harmless fun. And like it became very apparent Connor, could I get some clarification on something? Like, yes, please. Like when you say harmless fun, man, like I'm a, like I will personally do dangerous things if I'm only putting my own shit at risk, but like if y'all are like racing through fucking industrial areas like isn't that actually genuinely kind of high risk? Like I'm I'm, I'm like, I kind of weird about street racing myself. Yeah, so um that is obviously a good question. Yes, there was it there is a certain amount of danger involved. Um so it is 
street racing sort of, although there wasn't too much actual racing. Um, most of the problems were like, um, there was a couple places in the city where like we would drift in industrial areas, but like there, there's no traffic like and we have people watching for traffic. Um, Oh shit. Y'all got so spotted. one example was like, yeah, yeah. So, you know, there was all sorts of, um, ways this was done. Um, the street racing wasn't really a big thing. Um, there just wasn't too much like lining up and racing. I guess I, I've heard people do that uh, on on a street called Loomis. Um, I don't think in all the time I've been there, I, I don't think I've ever actually seen a car that was not racing go go through there for any reason. Um, and I know that they would have people like down at the far side who would flash their lights if anyone was coming. But um, so I, I don't think I recall ever seeing a car, but like it's all pretty remote. Um, and so usually I, I, I won't lie. There was probably some, uh, once a year or maybe once every other year, there was probably, um, th- there'd be like a crash on uh, lower Wacker drive, which is, um, these tunnels in Chicago, which is where they shot like scenes from, uh, the Batman series and, uh, the blues brothers too. Right. Yes, yes. So that is a long, straight stretch of road um, underneath the city. And, you know, people go very fast down there. Now, not everyone's associated with, like, being down there for car meets. They're not all people drifting. A lot of this is, like, that's just a road that, like, kids with any car will go fast. Um, So, you know, I used to do that stuff, too, when I was young. It didn't really matter what I was driving. I liked going over a hundred sometimes. Um, this is kind of the road people do that. And unfortunately there was a crash from time to time. Um, now it was always like late at night, single vehicle accidents. So yeah, it's like, you know, someone does, um, get hurt. Usually it's not other traffic. Um, so there was always kind of an emphasis on not involving other traffic. Um, and generally, as far as I can tell, um, there really weren't any incidents um, that I can uh, find of like actual regular traffic being involved in in serious accidents. Um, so, yes, it was like a there was some concern. I, I get it. Um, but part of it was y- you have this case where it's like it has to happen illegally. And it ha- it's instead of like maybe encouraging people to like hey why don't you move to this area where it's like even more out of the way or whatever the whatever the case may be um but there wasn't actually um too much public safety um and that's not that's not what i mean to say um it it just there wasn't like it wasn't constant problems with other traffic basically um and what a lot of it does boil down to is noise complaints um so that's kind of where a lot of this comes from. And there is, um, there's a particular alderman in an area who, um, you know, was also putting pressure within the city council to, you know, do all kinds of things, um, to try and reduce, uh, the cars that were specifically on a separate part of lower Wacker. Cause like there's this long straight place where everybody drives fast um, or some people do. 
uh, there's a completely separate portion of Lower Wacker Drive that is like absolutely hidden to any normal traffic. Um, it's it's basically where they tow um, all these towed vehicles. There's like a city uh, tow yard um, down there. So the the only people that would be there are people going to pick up a towed vehicle once in a while. So not really a whole lot of traffic down there. Um, so things were pretty out of the way and people would go down there and drift. Um, and back in the day, you used to have people who were actually good at drifting down there, drifting, um, later, later after, you know, they started really cracking down on stuff. Um, in this particular area, because of noise, uh, the quality of drivers down there got real, real shitty. Um, so I don't really go down there too much, uh, these days cause I am scared that someone's going to hit my car because, uh, it, it's really, it's that sketchy. It's like people who are real bad drivers trying to do things that are way beyond their abilities. Yeah, um, you know, I mean, noise complaints have killed a lot of racetracks too. Like the one I'm thinking of is Altamont in California where, uh, that person got stabbed at a concert in the sixties. But, uh, they someone someone bought some land next door and built like built yep. some houses there and then the people living there were like oh what's all these race cars making noise on the weekends like motherfucker you bought a house next to a racetrack what do you expect but that's a, i guess that's a not related yeah, to to lower whack well crowd. it's sort of related there is there's a uh, there is a racetrack in up in Wisconsin that had kind of a similar issue um, but it, yeah. and this is actually related. So this part, this part of Lower Wacker Drive, is really not causing any problems for any people except for the rich people who live across the river, and they they claim that like oh it's really loud and they can hear it. Now, um, this has been going on down there for decades, um, and they've never solved this problem. So on one hand, it's like you've got these people living in these high rises with like super double pane, quadruple pane windows, whatever, um, who probably couldn't hear, uh, um, an L train if it was right outside their window. Um, and I know I had a friend of mine who was living, who had an L train, um, go right past his window, just a few feet away. You couldn't, you could almost not hear it. Um, so it was pretty quiet. Um, so a lot of these people, you know, I know they have good windows because that's just what you have in the city. And on the other hand, you've chosen to live in the middle of a, you know, massive city. And then you're going to bitch and moan about the noise. And you're like, well, it sounds like you don't want to live in the fucking city. I don't know what to tell you. You should never um, underestimate the power of like white middle class, like fucking just entitlement. Yeah. Oh, and that's exactly, that's what it is. So these are people who literally just, they don't have anything better to do. And they're like, Meh. and I, so oh, hold on. I think I actually saved it somewhere. Um, I found a Reddit post that I was just like, oh, this is outrageous. Um, and this is where someone actually kind of admits to the truth is, well, actually it's not the noise that bothers me. It's the fact that they're doing it. <laughs> and it's like, um, people are having fun yeah, and so, I can't allow that. 
We're not happy till That's you're literally not what happy. It was. <laughs> if you have fun, it has to be at brunch. Uh, Only brunch fun. No other kind. <laughs> okay, here. So this is there was other um, parts of this, but uh, somebody somebody's like mentioning like why is this happening downtown? You know why are they drifting down there? Whatever. And someone replies, uh, "This would not rank on my list of things that Chicago cops should focus on." Sure, it sucks and it keeps you up at night, but like maybe you shouldn't live in the city. <laughs> um, and then so the person who wrote the original post puts. Uh, so only people who like slash don't mind illegal street racing should live in the city. Your logic is flawless. The problem I have is not the noise. Ding, ding, ding. It's the complete lack of respect uh. these people have on the property and safety <laughs> of people downtown. Most of these people do not live in the neighborhood and feel entitled to use it as their own rice rocket playground. So... There it is. It's not actually the noise. Now, of course, someone else says, to be fair, your post does sound like a complaint about the noise more than anything else. In fact, you don't mention anything other than the noise. Um, so the person you know, responds, oh, yeah, rereading it. It does seem like I was complaining about the noise, but I wasn't. I mentioned the noise illustrate how obvious it is that they are racing down there so loud that I can hear it from a quarter mile away. Sure. Uh, and that, therefore, cops on patrol should be able to hear it and deal with it. So, of course, this isn't actually about the noise. It's about people are having fun down there, and I don't like it. Have respect for my rich um, high-rise apartment is what it comes down to. So, the way to solve this problem could have been, like... It's hard to explain in a podcast um, because of how it's set up. But, like, you could use some pretty basic soundproofing stuff, um, even just, like, constructing even, like, a simple baffled wall or something. Um, you would cut the noise down significantly, and it would cost a lot less than, like, a huge crackdown and, like, sending the cops there every 20 minutes. Because um, the cops show up for, like, I'm not kidding. They'll show up, clear everybody out, and then as soon as the cop leaves to go do something else, people start trickling in again. Um, so it's, like... why all the effort like you're not you're not solving the problem so for decades and decades they've had this problem um they they've done everything they put speed bumps down there okay um so you know they put all these speed bumps down there and it's like it's just more dangerous now (laughs) and people are still down there doing donuts and shit and like they put barricades down there to make the intersection smaller which makes it more of a challenge to try and drift down there. If you see what I'm, see what I'm getting at. So like they do all this stuff, and and like so they made these like these uh, barricades um, come off, because um, it's like it's a divided road down there. So like people can stand in the middle and like watch what's going on and hang out with their cars and talk to people. So out from the medians, they extended these. Um, they walled off like this barricaded area, which is perfect for people to like go and stand in there with cameras and stuff and like see all the people drifting and how close they can get so now it's like you have all these people in the barricades they created and it's like encouraging not only more quote-unquote drifting but also like way shittier quality drivers to like go for i don't know clout um so they literally exacerbated the problem and the speed bumps did nothing to stop people going down there and so now the same alderman, because of course 
Rahm Emanuel's gone. Um, and so, you know, he's gone, but this was part of his like crackdown. Uh, and part of it was because of this particular alderman. And the only thing that this alderman is actually concerned about is the driving that happens on lower Wacker specifically. And so this is all that noise complaint stuff. Um, but you know that Rahm Emanuel was cracking down on other stuff because of how they affected the same kinds of things in the rest of the city. So like it was a citywide crackdown, not just in this guy's ward. But uh, this, so this alderman is currently um, put forth some serious legislation and we'll see if this solves the problem or just like, again, continues to make things worse. Um, Downtown Alderman Brendan Riley, lead sponsor of the ordinance, said he hopes the prospect of being socked with steep fines will prevent drivers from being reckless. Now, this fine is going to be $10,000 for any drivers who are caught down in the um, lower Wacker area I'm talking about who engage in, quote unquote, fast and furious style drag racing and, quote unquote, drifting in Chicago. So, Wait, so what you're saying is it's totally like fine to do it as long as you have a bunch of money. Yeah, exactly. Um, it, well, sort familiar. of. It, it is. A, yeah, it's so, of course, the stakes are very, very high. Now, I don't go. I haven't been down there like too much lately because, again, I kind of cut out when they started cracking down on things. Um, and not just because like, oh, well, they started cracking down. It made the scene really shitty. Um, all the like fun people kind of left. And what was left over was just like absolute wild, like out of control shit. So shortly after things started to kind of go downhill, like because for a while they were like just turning a blind eye and letting things go on because no one was getting hurt. Then when they started cracking down, things started to get way out of control so much so that like there were several instances of cars being burned at a place called Ozinga, which is where, um, which was a good practice place for drifting because it was a, it was literally a private road in the city owned by um, a corporation called the, you know, Ozinga and they make concrete. Wait, you were saying cars are getting burned? Yes. Like, so this place or like what's no by by people there. <laughs> like, like people who just didn't there was a case there, like, fuck you I'm going to set your car on fire. So what happened was in this case like and I saw this online. I wasn't down there this that weekend but like things started picking, you know, uh pe- you know, um picking up with enforcement and like things started to kind of change pretty pretty quickly here. Um and every weekend felt worse than the last. So then the types of people who were down there started to change too. Um, so in this one case, I guess someone had allegedly, I, and I don't know the the truth of this or not, but someone had supposedly they, or they thought it was a stolen car and it was like someone in a Mustang, which hit a Cadillac, I think that was down there. So like, there was an accident because of course these people didn't know what they were doing and they didn't have at the time the sorts of drifters who were usually there who like do know what they're doing and like kind of keep a, a sort of flow to how things go down there. So like it used to be, 
you knew who was drifting, who wasn't. There was a there was a pattern to which it was done. We had ways of like, here's how you know when it's your turn to go, or this or that, or whatever. So it was all pretty good. And then as more people got kicked out of other more common places like Lower Wacker or some of the parking lots where people would meet up, they started to find their ways to places like Ozingo, which used to be pretty much mostly for drifters and people who knew them. Well, now it was being frequented by people who didn't know how to drive in apparently Mustangs and Cadillacs and whatever. So this one night there was this accident and like people claim that this kid like abandoned the car because it was stolen. And so like people, I don't know, they like started smashing up the car and they actually set it on fire and like flipped it over and shit. And then like, I think the guy was still there. I don't actually think it. Yeah. No kidding. It's rude. Um, This is the kind of thing that like never would have fucking happened before. Like it was just like, I remember seeing this happen and it was like, what in the actual fuck is going on right now? Like, who are these people? Cause usually, you know, who's down at Ozinga. Ozinga was like, that was for the drifters. So we all knew, or at least had some idea who was who. Um, but no one that I knew was there that night. Um, and so like shit just got out of fucking control. Um, then there was another night where I don't actually know the story. I just, happened to um catch it online later there was a car that was on fire there um i think because they crashed and actually did abandon the car um so all on the street that used to be pretty like under control and like yeah there was drifting happening but like it was all fine um and then the police started really um kicking people out of everywhere else and they would come here and they were also starting to get pissed off about people being here um, but you know, so they step up enforcement and the next thing I know, there's like, shit's just out of control and there's like cars that are being set on fire. And like, it was just, which is of course, as they say, oh, we're going to enforce more stuff. The police are going to do their jobs and what happens? Shit just decays into absolute chaos. Um, and I would argue that that is, you know, there was a very clear difference in like, they kind of left people alone. Now that the police are enforcing stuff, shit is getting really unfun really fast. Um, and I, I do blame um, the stepped up enforcement and the attitude that the police were now taking to this thing that had been going on for decades. Yeah, it sounds kind of so, like the anti-hoon laws in Australia, how they yes. know, crack down on that kind of thing. Wait, I don't it's, know anything about that. What? Uh, so Hoon in Australian lingo is like hooligan, uh, someone who drives like a jackass. Um, and so they have real... So me everywhere I go, got it. Yeah, so, so they have real harsh penalties there for any kind of street racing um, uh, or um, certain vehicle modifications too. Uh, and they can impound yep. and in some cases crush your car as a penalty for, for any of those. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, I didn't know that. And notably, notably, it doesn't right. really work. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, so it, it creates this lose-lose situation. So, like, the police step up enforcement. So, like, when they catch people, they basically ruin their lives, right? Then the police also are, like, 
it's a lose for them because they're doing more work they don't want to fucking do. Um, and it's a loss for the city or whatever because the problem doesn't go away and then oftentimes it gets worse. So um, as in anywhere else in Chicago, it got worse. I mean, pe- there was people actually being arrested now. The cops were having were becoming super aggressive. So like, trust me when I, you know, when people got caught, they were getting an earful. They weren't sure it was going to happen. A lot of people were, I mean, you, you started, you were hoping you were going to get a ticket. Whereas back in the day they'd flip on their lights and be like, all right, go home. You, you know, you're not supposed to be here and you go home. That was it. So the kinds of like, um, atmosphere that existed before police started stepping, you know, up enforcement, um, like I said, was all chill. It was pretty well self-managed. Um, and we were making sure not to be too much of an issue for regular traffic and whatnot. So there was this like kind of community sense where it's like, we really don't want to be a burden to other traffic and shit because we don't want this to get taken away. Like we want to have this like close tight knit scene. Um, and we want to do it in a way that like, we're not going to have this, like, we're not going to kill this like beautiful thing that we have here. Um, and so of course, Rahm Emanuel being the asshole he is, he comes in, looks at this thing that's been going on for decades and isn't actually a problem. And is like, you know what we need more police. So that's what he did. Not to ask the Um, fucking obvious here, but was there ever any attempt by the city to reach out to this community and like fucking come up with any sort of solution or was it, as I assume, just like an immediate fucking hammer down, like we're not going to tolerate any bullshit, whatever. And that's, well, and see, that's exactly my point. It was exactly that kind of just hammer came down and it fucking, it was a nightmare. Um, shit got out of control and they never reached out. And, and it's like, I'm suggesting that like you could have reached out and said, okay, this thing has been going on for decades. We send the cops, but y'all keep coming back. So obviously that's not going to solve the issue. What we need to do is find a more remote area for you or like, Hey, go here or we'll turn a blind eye over here. But like, Hey, stop doing this here or whatever it may be. Or in, in, like I had said, some basic soundproofing stuff, which probably wouldn't have cost the city much on lower Wacker, um, probably would have worked wonders. So like, we could have had this like, you know, Hey, it's go down there at your own risk, whatever. But like, no one's really having a hard time. And the police were, you know, as much as I don't like any police ever, um, it was different back in the day when they'd come and turn their lights on and the cars were just like, um, a minor inconvenience. They kind of had this approach like, Oh, you know, it's those kids in the parking lot again, whatever. We'll just go and flush them out, whatever. But as things as they started to um, pick up enforcement, of course, the police got more uh, aggressive as well. So like the same cops who would like let you go before are now screaming in your face like, you know, on a total power trip um, because they've now been like given this this mandate to like really crack down on this shit. So like they didn't reach out to people in the community to like figure out a way to like hey, maybe let's confine it to this or that or whatever. You know, it could have been worked out very easily. Um, And in fact, it probably could have been made better. um, If, you know, like someone like Rahm Emanuel thought 
the way that like a normal human being thinks like, Hey, maybe we should work together to solve this. Um, it could have become like this vibrant car scene that like people travel to come be a part of, you know what I'm saying? Like it could have been almost a, a, you know, an attraction for the city. And instead they made it a nuisance. They made it worse. And they, you know, sent in police resources, which I don't, you know, it's probably good ultimately, but they, they spent all this time and money trying to solve this unsolvable problem using tactics that have never worked for anything. Um, and of course the only answer is it's like, well, it's fucking personal. Like you keep doing the same shit at a certain point. It's like, you just don't like that people are down there having fun. And of course that is what it is. It's like, well, they're breaking the law and you're like, okay, like, so what though? Like, what is the actual issue? Um, so Rahm Emanuel obviously had all these problems with, uh, specifically policing in Chicago. Um, but his policies definitely affected the car scene um, too. And that, you know, the more aggressive policing I- everywhere in the city um, hit the car scene particularly hard. And it really turned it into something that was just unrecognizable, unfun. And honestly, as far as I can tell, has just, you know, things, things are, um, things got pretty bad. Now, the the kind of light at the end of the tunnel um i did see a kind of recent quote unquote documentary um of showcasing kind of what the scene looks like today and it actually looks not entirely um back to normal but it kind of does look like um things have bounced back a little bit um more recently so uh, you know i guess that kind of just goes to it's a pretty resilient scene. And now that Rahm Emanuel has gone and pushing shit, it seems like things may have gotten better. Um, but I don't know for sure. Um, and with this alderman pushing legislation to make $10,000 fines for anybody caught down there fucking around, you know, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll see what happens. But, uh, yeah, so this is, this was the reason I'm bringing it up is because it was a notable departure when Rahm Emanuel started to, uh, step up. Yeah, I mean, that sounds about right, dude. The, the wild thing about car culture is that, like, you just, no matter what you do, you cannot kill it. Like, it's been around since, what, like, the 30s? So, like... Well, yep. and and even... I, like, there's a, Well, that's the thing. There's a safe way it can be done, right? There, Like, there's a way it could be not a nuisance, and actually it could have positive effects, but when you use the fucking police to, to try and stop a problem that isn't really there... Well, yeah, you get this shit show um, and it destroys, you know, culture. Yeah, that's just that's all I mean, though, is, is that historically, like there's been a million instances of, of places cracking down on, you know, in this case, car culture. And the very like I can think of a handful of instances where, you know, instead of cracking down, they tried to like, you know, engage that community and come up with a solution. Like, sure, that's never going to be the common like way that they handle that shit. But like, yeah, if you crack down on it, all you're doing is putting on a show about like, Oh, look at the good we're doing. Like, no, fuck you. Yep. Yep. And that's, well, and that's exactly it. And, you know, so all this, and, and it's funny that Rahm Emanuel never really talks about this and he doesn't like go out of his way to take credit for it. Like, Oh, I cracked down on the car. So this was him. This is what he chose to do 
with no media attention. Like this, this was his goals without taking any credit or, you know, whatever. This was just what he personally wanted to do. Um, because he didn't use it to his benefit or could recognize its failures, whatever, but he doesn't generally recognize failure very well, um, when it comes to anything else. So I'm sure he thinks his cracking down was a big success. Um, and you know, things got out of control more and more and more. And every weekend there's still people down there racing, revving their cars, meeting up in parking lots. It's again, things continue the way they always have. Um, but yeah, this was Rahm Emanuel kind of on a personal mission. I, I think I, I don't know that, but, um, given the evidence, he kind of went out of his way to really make sure that, you know, that this was like, they were harassing car people more than they needed to, like more than just like make the bad behavior stop. Like the cops kind of seemed to indicate from a few conversations I had had, um, it sounds like, no, the mayor's just like, he's sick of your shit. And that's, that's what this is. So fuck you. <laughs> that was I mean, it. it's also a pretty okay, good I- lesson in just like how the cops never really solve much of anything. Like, like exactly. If, if people are mad about, you know, noise in their neighborhood or whatever, like maybe there's a, there's a better tool than the cops to throw out that problem. Like, like you were saying, you know, sound insulation or move it somewhere else or, Whatever. Or if, like, safety is your concern, like, maybe all those police resources they could throw at, uh, you know, making um, a, a racetrack that's that's a safe place for people to have fun rather than, than doing yeah. it on uh, public roads or whatever. I don't know. That's a good idea, dude. You should find a really polite way to say that we should take money away from the police <laughs> and give it to other <laughs> city bodies yeah yeah <laughs> like hey connor like yeah i don't want to draw uh, uh conclusions that aren't there this i i have no idea is the car scene in chicago predominantly a certain white race or are they cracking down maybe for other reasons too um no it was always pretty um it, it was pretty well um mixed generally um the, you see everybody there from okay yeah yeah it wasn't like it wasn't like a okay i, I get what you're really saying so it wasn't like a bunch of like white like suburban kids black and them just being like fuck no well i i'm sorry i didn't catch that oh, i was saying like i could definitely see them like like a car culture in a certain place being predominantly black or latino or whatever and the city just being like fuck no you know, that, that very well could have played a part of it. Um, absolutely. Because, I mean, that was, there was plenty of people who were down there and having a good time and people of color having a good time, a recipe for more police, unfortunately. Um, so, yeah, that may have played a part in it or in the perception of, you know, what this scene was to someone like Rahm Emanuel, who like sees like, these people who don't look like him having fun. Well, it must be bad. Um, So there was probably a lot of, um, a lot of different kind of things to it, but um, yeah, this is kind of just a lesson in one Rahm Emanuel being an asshole. um, And I don't like him. And two, how the police actually just didn't solve this fucking problem. And so like, 
we need better ways of solving issues. And obviously this is a perfect example of how more, you know, harsher sentences, more tickets, more police enforcement, how it doesn't do shit, how it actually oftentimes, as in this case, makes problems worse and more dangerous. Yeah, definitely. All right. So, yep. Sorry. That was just, that was my experience with, uh, with Rahm Emanuel's fucking policies per- firsthand, and uh, he was a bad mayor, and uh, fuck him for ruining the Chicago car scene. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I feel pretty comfortable saying just fuck the whole Emanuel family. Yeah, maybe yeah, they have some like, cousins who are who are nice people, but I, I don't know. Them, so. <laughs> well, if, if any of those folks are listening, you're more than welcome to get in touch with us and let us know that some of you are cool. <laughs> yeah, until proven otherwise, I think it's safe to say fuck all the Emanuels. Contact us if you're an Emanuel who's not a piece of shit. And uh, I'll retract my statement. But until yeah, then, maybe Maybe if your all. first name is Emanuel and you're a cool person. Yeah, we're not dude, talking about some, you. <laughs> if, if we got some people whose first name is Emanuel, I'm sure you're okay. But last name Emanuel? No, dude. Fuck off. <laughs> Yeah. I bet the Emmanuel family has like that one like person who's actually super cool and no one else in the family wants to have anything to do with them. <laughs> I can relate to that. Probably, I think yeah. I can relate to that. Yeah. yeah. I'm that person in my family. I do get it. I'm actually that person in my friend group. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, that's all I've got on uh, Rahm Emanuel's policies as mayor and how he's going to, of course, be a pundit that we see pretty regularly now and how he was almost in the Joe Biden administration. Yay. So fun story. <laughs> he's yeah. a creature. He's a fucking creature. So, so glad that he's in the national dialogue. Yeah. Hopefully uh, yep. next episode we'll have something a little less of a downer. But uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. Not, not to We're blame left you. For yeah. I was going to say. This is a leftist podcast. Most of it's going to be downers. <laughs> yes, it's it's you know socialist history. Not a lot of uh, not a lot of uppers. I don't know. I know plenty of leftists that are really into uppers. <laughs> I wonder why. Uh, uh, there's a country band called the Whistle Pigs, uh, and they have a song. What really? Yeah, actually, there's a few of them, but uh, the one that I'm that I listen to, they're from Southern Illinois somewhere. I forget where, like Carbondale, and uh, they have a song called "Don't Let the Uppers Get You Down," uh, and it's all about like different country singers doing different drugs and stuff, and uh, it's pretty fun. But dude, do you know what a whistle pig is? Yeah, it's a prairie dog. The fucking groundhog. Yeah. But okay, like if you talk to people in certain regions of the country, they have no idea what the fuck that is, and they think it's goofy. Yeah. So like, I get really excited when people call a whistle pig. Yeah, I think there's a um, okay sidebar on the sidebar. Uh, there's a someone at the University of Colorado in Boulder that um, uh, decoded prairie dog language. Like he recorded them and figured out that they had different little squeaky sounds for like if they saw a coyote or a human coming towards them. And like different stuff hmm. like that. So, what? yeah, really, yeah. Prairie dogs have language. That's cool. I mean, a pretty limited vocabulary. It's like ten words or whatever. But they're like, "Hey, there's a big human coming towards us." Everyone, hi, dude. That's about my vocabulary after a bottle of whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a brand of whiskey called Whistle Pig, isn't there? 
There is. Yeah, there is. Okay. There is, yeah. So, yeah. Nice. Um, cool. Should I hit stop recording, or do we have <laughs> well, anything else going on? Yeah, is, is there any other segments um, we wanted to cover? Yeah. Or Well, uh... Yeah, sorry guys. That w- that wound up being a lot longer than I uh, than I thought. I thought that was going to be like twenty to forty minutes. No, it was maybe. good. No, it's all good. I remember two and a half hours ago okay. when I was jokingly like, "Well, I've got to be off of the thing by 10. <laughs> <laughs> well, hope so. Hopefully, that wasn't too rambling. I feel like I was talking a lot, and I'm like, oh, I hope it was clear where the fuck I was taking this. <laughs> I don't know. No, it's good. Well, okay. If we're if well, we're gonna if, like self crit, then I think you can pretty comfortably uh, stop the recording. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Granny shifting, not double clutching like you should. You're lucky that hundred shot of Nas didn't blow the welds on the intake. Now me and the mad scientist gotta rip apart the block and replace the piston rings you fried. The free market mythology, it argues that the most ruthless, selfish, opportunistic, greedy, calculating plunderers, applying the most heartless measures in cold-blooded pursuit of corporate interest and wealth accumulation, will produce the best results for all of us. (laughs) Through something called the invisible hand. (laughs) My calculations are correct. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit. Over the last century, the U.S. government has done everything in its power to snuff out alternatives to its rule. From roundups to mass arrests of thousands of anarchists, socialists, leftists in the U.S., making it illegal to even be a communist, carrying out military interventions in over 70 nations just since World War II, causing untold human misery, all in the name of fighting ideas. What are you smiling about? Dude, I almost had you. You can jail a revolutionary, but you can't jail a revolution.